This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Good morning. Welcome in. This is Fire Prevention Week. I tell you, uh, we hope you're practicing good uh, fire ethics and not uh, endangering yourself or your family. Well, we're going to talk about some of those issues today. Murfreesboro Fire Chief Fox is with us this morning. Mark Fox with us. Big smile on his face. Uh, how are things going? You made it through the night. <laughs> yep, we made it through the night. Uh, everything is uh, everything seems to be pretty good. We avoided a lot of the rain that they got in some of the other communities. I know we had some some of our neighbors to the south uh, and east doing some water rescues last night, and um, unfortunately, so I hate that people have gotten flooded out. But I'm I'm glad that we kind of avoided that weather and the additional flooding that we've had over the past several several months you know we've had a lot of rain so i'm glad we avoided the flooding from last night's rains boy it was a thunderous event <laughs> i never heard thunder <laughs> quite like that yes it uh, was but it didn't do any damage uh, here in, in murfreesboro not that i'm aware of good deal good deal uh now you mentioned the water rescue a lot of people don't think about that as one of the duties of the fire department but that you have a team that is highly trained for that yeah yeah and a lot of people don't think you know they think of the fire department and of course years ago uh, even before i became the chief here they changed the name of the murfreesboro fire department to the murfreesboro fire rescue department and so adding that rescue component in is is means multiple things because we provide a lot of services other than fire suppression um, really what we're very proud of is our community risk reduction uh, section that does a lot of fire inspections uh, we do a lot of public education, both in the schools, senior centers, and, and all over the place, and, and do different various things through that. And we'll talk about some more of those opportunities here in a little bit. But our, our big thing is we want to prevent fires before they ever happen. That way nobody loses their belongings, nobody takes a chance on getting hurt in a structure fire or in any kind of fire. And, and no one gets, um, of course, killed is the big thing that can happen to people in those fires. We've talked about that a lot before. But in addition to that, we provide emergency medical services. Our, our personnel respond to medical calls every single day. Uh, and then you mentioned some of our technical rescue capabilities. One of those would be water rescue. And that's probably the technical capability that we utilize the most. Um, secondary to that would be collapse rescue and unfortunately we have some some cars into buildings and other things like that where we have to stabilize a house or a building and, and things like that and and other types of collapses we went to mount juliet last year during the tornadoes with our collapse rescue team to provide services to them uh, and help out over there uh, looking for the victims of the tornadoes that happened over there um, but we've got a lot of technical rescue expertise water rescues one uh, high angle rescue or rope rescue which is high and low angle um, rope rescue 
Uh, we do the collapse rescue. Um, we have trench rescue, which is any any kind of underground trenches that are dug and you have walls collapse within those trenches where our personnel are trained how to shore those walls, dig out and get to the person that's in there if, uh, if we have that type of an accident, as well as confined space rescues. We've got a lot of industries and businesses around that have some confined spaces with you know tanks and tubes and tunnels and different things like that and manholes uh, all kinds of things like that that we're trained to to go into those areas and rescue someone that may uh, have been overcome by something within that confined space or have had a medical issue within that confined space as well so the capabilities i'm really really proud of the capabilities of our department we have increased that uh, tremendously over the last several years especially with special operations and uh, and doing a lot of those things and having the capabilities of doing those and and it shows because our personnel are commonly called upon to respond to other areas um, we've gone to south carolina a couple of times we've gone to texas we went to gatlinburg for the wildfires for fire suppression um, we went to mount juliet last year and, and helped with some collapse rescue over there from the tornadoes that happened so we're utilized a lot out of our community and that benefits our community because we learn a lot of lessons and we learn a lot of techniques and learn a lot of things when we go on those deployments and we get to utilize um, the training that we've had and that just helps our community back here whenever it's needed here with a lot of people moving into the area you may have just moved here and are not aware the murfreesboro fire and rescue is an iso rated one uh, and that's as good as you can get and and the unique thing about this there are not a lot of ones in the state of Tennessee or in the entire United States. Yeah, there's a, there's only eight class ones within the within the United or within the state of Tennessee, and then there's only, um, and we are also internationally accredited agency, and so there there's very few class ones across the country. But I think there's only 104 or so class one fire departments that are also internationally accredited. Uh, and there's only six departments in the state of Tennessee that are internationally accredited, and we're one of those. And so we're very proud of that. Uh, it just kind of signifies a lot of the accomplishments we've made and, and how ready we are to protect our community. Now, will this show up in your insurance bills? Uh, the insurance rating does make a difference in your insurance bills, and, it, and we've had that rating for well over a year now. And um, that is uh, that is something that will make a difference. You can ask your insurance agent just to make sure that you're getting credit for that. But just about any property address that's listed inside the city, you would get that rating for. And so if, if there's some reason that you haven't noticed that, you may want to check with your insurance agent just to check to see uh, because it does make a difference on your insurance rates. There are a lot of people listening who would like to learn more about how does the fire department uh, operate what is it, uh, you know, involved? If you're a firefighter, what do you do? If you're a paramedic, what do you do? Uh, there's an opportunity coming up. Yep, there's a great opportunity coming up, and it's free of charge, and that's the big thing is there's no cost to it whatsoever. It's just about, and it's going to go over about five weeks, um, but it's, it's actually October the 18th through November the 15th, but we have a Citizens Fire Academy opportunity, and this is for any citizen, um, that lives whether you live in the city limits of Murfreesboro or not we really that doesn't that doesn't bother us of course it's designed for our citizens here but we uh, we want people to come participate um, within the citizens fire academy you're going to get opportunities um, any opportunities you're comfortable with you're, we're going to kind of put you in some situations where we're going to put you in the gear that we wear um, we'll put you in artificial smoke and we'll put you in climbing a ladder and doing some other things like that you're going to get an opportunity to to kind of be a firefighter uh, for a few weeks on, on those evenings that we do this but if you want to come out and learn and you don't really have the capabilities of putting on all that gear and doing all those kind of things you can really just 
blend right along and, and do everything that we're doing uh, within that without having to put on all the gear and get into that. You can watch and see and observe uh, what the other folks in the, in the Citizens Fire Academy are doing and have a great opportunity to uh, to participate in that academy. And uh, we're taking we're taking uh, applications for the Citizens Fire Academy up through October the 14th. And uh, I think it's posted on your website. Mm -hmm. We've got the Citizens Fire Academy uh, brochure on the website. But our contact is uh, Shan Womack, and she's uh, one of our assistant fire marshals and over our public outreach section. And Shan's number is 629-201-5618. And her email is also listed on there as swomack at murfreesboro.tn.gov. Um, but the flyer is on the WGNS website. It's uh, on the city website, and so they can find that easily there. Uh, but the academy will start on October the 18th, and it runs through November the 15th. And so it's one, it's Monday night each week, and it runs from about 5:30 to 8:30. We're going to feed you, uh, and you know you'll you'll have the opportunity to eat dinner with us, and then learn a lot about the fire department and all the different aspects that we do, and get to experience some of those things, uh, see our equipment, get to put your hands on our equipment, and and understand the tools and the resources that we utilize and as well as the job that we do and and all the different facets and components of it now is this going to be eating like a fireman eats because the firefighters are known for food i I don't know how that got started well somewhat we're going to have we're going to have something there to eat every single night so and and it just varies you know firefighters do like to cook but at times it gets so busy they really don't get a chance to cook some and so um, doing training and hydrant testing and a lot of the other things that we do and everybody will learn about all those different components that we do when we're not answering calls as well and it just gives you a great opportunity to see all that and experience it we have a text here from a listener who's asking about the uh, fire hydrants and they're saying that they have heard that some of them don't have enough power uh, to to do a good job on a fire and some of them have ample power how do you know if yours is a quality fire plug yep well in the city of murfreesboro we are very very fortunate um both of our utility districts murfreesboro water resources department and consolidated utility district that's one of the reasons that we got the iso one rating that we've got is because of our excellent water coverage our water our fire hydrants and water protection that we have uh, we are pretty much saturated with fire hydrants and we're we're saturated with fire hydrants that are high capacity fire hydrants and so we utilize a color system though you'll see colors on top of the fire hydrant and that's you know they're not the ones that are blue you know we we fully support mtsu and we we've even got those colors on our trucks and stuff like that but they're not blue just because of mtsu they're blue because that's how much water they will flow and so there's there's blue and there's green there's orange and there's red and and red top hydrants are the ones that flow the least but we have very very few red top hydrants within our city uh, if any um, remaining uh, that are red top hydrants and our water coverages are really really good and so if you have a blue top or a green top hydrant near your house then that's flowing as much water as you could possibly flow and how good is how close should that be to your house well typically we like to see fire hydrants within a thousand feet of each residence and and a lot of in most cases we've got that coverage within the city especially in the newly developed areas and some of the new subdivisions we have all those hydrants are placed up to code uh, which is required and, and those will be within that range but we we carry enough hose on our fire trucks even if it's a little bit longer than a thousand feet we can meet that distance and, and lay the lines on top of the street and connect to that hydrant and, and get the water to the fire scene uh, as we need to 
and so we've we've got excellent fire coverage uh, as far as hydrants go we really don't have any issues uh, obtaining water i can't since i've been here over six years now i can't remember an instance to where we've had uh, issues with water flow causing us issues and not being able to suppress a fire. Uh, I can't remember that ever happening since I've been here and, and we really uh, owe a lot of credit to those utility districts because they provide the water that we need to put out fires and do the things that we need to do as well as drinking water and everything else that they do um, providing that but they do a great job of, of the hydrants and putting those in place and making sure that they've got adequate pressure and flows and, and those things are always in place for us and like I said we've, we've not had an issue with that um, in a long, long time. You mentioned the color codes on the top of the fire hydrants. Blue is the best. Green is the second best. Both of those are good. Red is the worst. Yeah. But now if you live in another town or maybe you're listening to us on the internet and live in another state, are those color codes the same all over the United States? Yes, sir. They are, they are universal. That, that's a National Fire Protection Association standard. Most communities recognize those and will do those. Um, you may live in a community where they don't, they, all the hydrants are painted the same color and they may not utilize those same codes because they just don't, they don't do the testing on their hydrants, but that's very rare in, in communities nowadays. Most communities use that NFPA model and they, they color code their hydrants. That way you know the exact amount of flow that you're getting or that you're capable of getting for, from that hydrant. Okay, again, blue is best, green is second. If it's red, yeah, ask orange, questions. Orange is still good, and then red, you know, we it, it is a lower flow hydrant, but we've uh, we've got the capabilities of working around that if we have to. Uh, but, but like I said, we've got very, very few red top hydrants within the city of Murfreesboro, uh, if any at all, any longer, because uh, they've done a great job of upgrading the, the water mains and upgrading the hydrants to where we've got adequate flow. Now, if you live in a subdivision here in the city limits and you look out and you can't find a fire hydrant, what do you do? Yeah. I mean, you don't want to wait till the fire. <laughs> yeah, we typically, uh, just about every subdivision that we have, like I said, has got hydrant coverage within a thousand feet and we know where those hydrants are we we flow test those uh, you will see our companies going out and, and getting flow checks on hydrants all the time so our our firefighters that are working in those in those districts you know they work at the same station that's your pretty much your neighborhood fire station uh, they know where those hydrants are because they're flow testing those every year we actually rotate so they'll test a, a group of hydrants in a specific geographical area within their within their territory that next year they'll do another geographical area within their territory in the next year and we divide it into thirds and that way every three years every one of those shifts have seen every hydrant within their within their territory and so we know where those hydrants are and we've got really good capabilities of doing those but if you're if you're concerned about that you can call our office uh, 615-893-1422 and and just talk to one of our assistant fire marshals or our community risk reduction specialist and they'll they'll kind of answer your questions as far as the hydrants go and and what the water flow capabilities are within your area so check out those hydrants and see what color the top of yours is and how close is it to your home uh, a little more on the citizens fire academy coming up october the 18th through november the 15th do you fill out a form to be a part of that do you have to fill out something uh, basically it's an email process or, or email shan womack or call shan and she'll tell you exactly what she needs as far as you you doing that but it's really there's there's not a lot to fill out and there's no cost and you know there you don't have to it's no hoops that you have to jump through to be able to participate in that it's just something that we want uh, the public to have the ability to come to and educate the public and doing those things and have them there to see everything that we do as, as a department and let them know 
um, how much we care about taking care of them in the community, and they can they can see that through the, the whole atmosphere of, of the academy. Here's a text from a listener who's saying, I have a son who's 14, and he continues to want to be a fireman when he grows up. Uh, that's, that's great. Uh, would he be eligible to go to this class? Yes, absolutely. Uh, we've had, we've had uh, middle schoolers, high schoolers that have participated in the fire academy before. We typically ask that a parent attend with them. Uh, and they're going to be signing waivers, you know, that they can do some of the things that we're doing as far as putting the gear on and doing all those things. But we would like for a parent to attend with them or a grandparent to attend with them. But, uh, yeah, we absolutely would encourage them to come in and, and participate in the Citizens Fire Academy. And hopefully it'll get them to where they want to come join us, uh, can continue to see where he wants to join us on the department in the I'm future. Not, that's pretty young age. I mean, uh, of course, kids, when they're, when they're really children, four, five, six years, they all want to be firemen and a policeman. Uh, but once they get 14, uh, it, that sounds pretty serious. Yeah, and, and we're very happy for that. And that's the other thing that we're trying to do is increase our exposure uh, because that's one of the things when, you, when you're exposed to public service, uh, whether it's being a, a law enforcement officer or a firefighter or those kind of things, it kind of gives you the itch to do that because it's, it's helping people. Uh, and it really kind of... Uh, we like to have our we like to have people in within the community especially young folks become exposed to what we do and 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 what and and how our people are and our personnel because we have some unbelievable personnel that just care a tremendous amount about taking care of our community and that just shines through and so when they're around our folks they see that and and they see that care and concern that we take for citizens and they see the capabilities that we have and they want to become involved in that so we just um, anything that we can do to increase the exposure to our personnel and, and being around our personnel and what we do uh, for young folks just makes it better for our recruitment of people coming into our our department and and wanting to do this job now you're the chief of the fire department at what point and let's look back a few years at what point did you know i want to be a fireman well, my father was a firefighter, and so my father, before I was ever born, was a firefighter, and so you know, I think he started on the department six years before I ever came along. So growing up, all I ever remember was the fire service, and that's why I say about exposure. You know, being exposed to it is something that makes you want to do it. And so I went on to Knoxville Fire Department in 1990, kind of followed in his footsteps. We worked on the department together for about three years before he retired in 1993, and then... Um, you know, I just kind of rose through the ranks there, and, and, you know, it was just something that I really just had a, a desire to help people. And, and, you know, and once you do that and see the difference that it makes running medical calls and having a life-threatening illness or injury and, and you make a difference on that, it just, you know, it, it becomes contagious, and, and you want to continue to do that, and you want to continue to do those things. And, and throughout the years of kind of doing that and, and kind of rising or beginning to rise through the ranks I, I decided you know one of the best ways that I could help more people uh, is to empower our folks and give them better equipment better training and and better opportunities to help people within our community and the best way to do that was to rise through the ranks and eventually get into uh, becoming an assistant chief and a fire chief and those kind of things and that's the reason I did that. And here you are in Murfreesboro. Here I am in Murfreesboro. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. Mark Folks is with us this morning, the fire chief for Murfreesboro Fire and Rescue. And don't forget uh, the Fire Academy, Citizens Fire Academy, October the 18th through November 15th. But this reminder also, you need to sign up before 
the 14th. Is that right? Yes. And that's just around the corner. Today is the 7th. So uh, sign up and it's free. Uh, all ages within reason. I mean, we don't want three-year-olds mm. yep. and stuff like that. Mm. But uh, sign up and uh, you'll, you'll, it'll make a difference. And if you have a question relating to firefighters or the Murfreesboro Fire Department, uh, insurance rates, any of these things, uh, call us or text us at 615-893-1450. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Look up in the sky. There it is. The tallest tower in Murfreesboro. This is WGNS FM, AM, and worldwide at WGNSRadio.com. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Family Restaurants. Do you know somebody who's moved far away and is missing eating at Demas's? Well, Demas's Family Restaurants now offers many of our sauces and some of our food, such as pot roast and soup, to be shipped all across the nation. It's very simple. You just go to DemasFamilyKitchen.com and you can send an order to anybody as a gift all across this nation. You can send an order to anybody. Go to DemasFamilyKitchen.com Hi, this is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummer's Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We have an excellent sound room with good acoustics if you want to try out any guitar in the store. If you've got a perfect place to listen to it, compare them side by side. See how the neck feels to your hand, which is important to a guitar player. We have keyboards to play, a room in the back for drums to give a run through with cymbals, snares, whole sets. Come in Music World and Drummer's Den and try out before you buy it. Music World and Drummer's Den. Good morning. It's heavy, but it's moving 24 up through the Hickory Hollow area as you continue towards Nashville. We've seen more radar uh, here in the last hour, and then we have accidents, in which I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's what's happening out here. 840 has got some traffic headed over towards Williamson County. Gatlinburg Wine Cellar, home of the world-famous cotton candy wine. Check out all their flavors today at GatlinburgWineCellar.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Cloudy this afternoon, areas of showers and a few thunderstorms, high near 78. Tonight, partly cloudy. Areas of fog, low near 60. I have 82 on Friday. I'm meteorologist Laura Lockwood on News Radio WGNS. Right now, 63. Hi, this is Becky Bookner, and I'm just so proud to talk about the veterans in our community and what an incredible gift they've given all of us. And that's our freedom and the right to live in this country. And we're so grateful to them for the sacrifices they've made. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system, reducing microorganisms including bacteria, viruses, and allergens. Call Precision Air, 615-930-0088. That's 615-930-0088. In this salute, we talk to a veteran who fought in the Vietnam War. When we got back into California, they told us, do not wear your uniforms. Keith Redluff served in the U.S. Army. He was in Vietnam. We were veterans that had just come home. I've been called baby killer. I've been spit on. In a restaurant, people talking bad about you. Veteran Rudliff in Vietnam. Four individuals plus myself. I was a radio operator, and we had three artillery pieces that we supported the Arvins when they went out on missions. Just uh, five of us. Something happened and you get overrun, you're on your own. The help is 30, 40, maybe even an hour away. Just have to do the best you can with what you have and survive. I didn't realize until I got over there 
was in the first ambush that those people were trying to kill me. And I didn't know them. I had done nothing to them. And that's when you just have to get the mindset that it's going to be them and not me. You're one heartbeat away. That's war. Unfortunately, you try the very best to protect the person on your right and left because you know they're not going to leave you and you're not going to leave them. We're all going to come out of here together or somebody else is going to have to carry us out of here together. This has been a salute to veterans on WGNS Radio. If you know a veteran you'd like to highlight, let WGNS know and we'll honor them in our daily salute to veterans. Restoration One of Middle Tennessee. A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After disaster strikes. Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back to normal quickly. Restoration One Middle Tennessee.com. Locally and veteran owned. Two powerful FM signals, one AM signal, and worldwide on WGNSRadio.com. You can listen to us anywhere. We are WGNS Murfreesboro. Hey, welcome back. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. Our Slick Pig delicious homemade banana pudding winner is Anita Spann. Happy birthday to you. And our good neighbor of the day today receiving flowers from Lion Flowers Coffee and Gifts is Angela Bingham. And she's being honored for her positivity and infectious spirit. Let us know if you have a good neighbor that needs honoring. We're talking this morning about fire prevention, keeping you safe, and of course the Citizens Fire Academy coming up October the 18th through November the 15th, and you need to sign up before the 14th though, and that's just around the corner. Murfreesboro Fire Chief Mark Fawkes is with us. This is Fire Prevention Week, and you have a big event that is tomorrow. Well, it's going to be earlier, but the weather changed that <laughs> yeah we were going to have an event yesterday at our uh at the doug young public safety training facility over on bridge avenue um but due to the rain and stuff we tried to we decided to reschedule that so hopefully that's a great opportunity for folks to come out tomorrow i think the weather's supposed to be fantastic tomorrow and uh so from nine o'clock till noon at our at the vice mayor doug young public safety training facility 701 bridge avenue and it's right at the corner of uh, you really can't miss it because of the big drill tower sitting over there on the on the site, but it's at the corner of uh, Bridge Avenue and New Salem Highway. And uh, but the gates will be open tomorrow morning early, and so just if you want to come on over any time between nine and noon, it's not a specific time that you have to be there at nine and stay till noon. It's just a drop-in event if you want to meet. Uh, we've got Sparky that's going to be there, uh, the fire prevention dog, and so it's a um, it's kind of the uh, it's kind of an avenue for us to kind of push some fire prevention education to out to our citizens. It's an opportunity for them to see some of our equipment and and the different things that we want to do um, with our fire prevention efforts on this fire prevention week uh, this week and fire prevention month, which is October. Now, when you go over and you see this tall building, do you actually have flames in that building? Does that building catch on fire? Yeah, we've actually got about five burn rooms in that building where we can uh, light fires within those burn rooms uh, that are situated within that building. And then there's a lot of things that we can do. I mentioned earlier that we do a lot of rope rescue in confined space. 
there's confined space tubes and different things like that in that large drill tower and so there's a lot of opportunities uh, there's movable walls to where we can situate and perform rescues or or doing those things as we're searching a house for someone or doing those kind of things and so that's an opportunity for the public to come out and we'll give you a tour of that of that building you can walk through all the entire building while it's while you're over there and, and see that and see the remainder of the training facility it's a really neat place it's something that's great to see and to give you the opportunity to see that and tour it tomorrow as well as you know get some free goodies we'll have some handouts and things like that tomorrow as well as learning about uh, fire prevention and public education of, of fire prevention methods now what time is this tomorrow it's 9 a.m to noon 9 a.m until noon tomorrow free right there at the corner uh bridge avenue and new salem highway yep <clears throat> Is there plenty of room to park uh, for for that event tomorrow? Oh yeah, there'll be plenty of room to park. There'll, there's parking all over the site, and then, like I said, we'll we'll give you a tour. We've got everything from the 300 foot by 300 foot driving pad um, over there. That's uh, where we drive fire apparatus and do those kind of things through. I've got a canine training facility there where our law enforcement officers that have the the canine dogs they bring their dogs over there. There's obstacles. There's an outdoor classroom facility over there right now, and then we've got um, other buildings that we left from the previous use of that facility. There's five apartment buildings that are still in place that we utilize for training, and and then our large drill tower that's there. We want to show all that off and let the public see it and kind of tour it and and see what the training facility is all about. Very good. That is tomorrow. Uh, this is part of Fire Prevention Week, which is all this week, and this is Fire Prevention Month. That's tomorrow at the Doug Young Training Academy, uh, 9 a.m. until noon, and it is free. We have a text here from a listener, and this person says, I enjoy thoroughly movies about uh, firefighters. I enjoy the excitement on some of the TV shows uh, like Chicago Fire, things of that sort. Uh, do you have any of the fire poles that you see in the movies? Do the firefighters still use those? Some departments do. Uh, we do not have any fire poles in any of our stations. We actually only have one two-story station, and that's our one of our newest stations, which is Station 4 on Medical Center Parkway is a two-story building. Um, but we didn't put a fire pole in, we put a fire slide in. So it's got a, a very large slide that's a circular slide. Um, and our firefighters slide that slide to get down from the first to the second floor just because it's a whole lot safer. A lot of your cities that have older stations that are two stories will have the fire poles still in place. Um, but fire poles kind of a, when we built our new station, we wanted to make sure our firefighters were safer and the, and the safest way to get downstairs quickly would be a slide more so than a pole because they're just they can be pretty dangerous at times um not not sliding those poles correctly and things like that but you know a lot of departments we when i worked for knoxville we had three stations that had poles within those stations and so there's a lot of them still around but primarily it's older stations most newer stations or more modern stations that are built typically they're putting slides in for firefighters to slide down from the first to the or the second floor to the first floor Good morning. You're on WGNS with our Fire Chief, Mark Folks. How are you today? Hello there. Okay. Uh, when you call, be patient. Uh, and, 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 you know, wait until we get to the point where we can get to you on the phone. 615-893-1450. We're talking about uh, firefighters. We're talking about the Murfreesboro Fire Department, uh, Fire and Rescue. And the great thing is we're now an ISO rating of one. So proud of that. That didn't just accidentally happen. 
I mean, you put a lot of hard work in it. All the whole team did. Yes, uh, the accreditation and the ISO one both were a tremendous amount of work, and and it's work every day, uh, and that all of our firefighters do. Uh, but the accreditation team in particular, there were about 14 to 15 of our personnel that worked on that accreditation team to prepare all the documents and create our community risk assessment, and you know evaluate the risk in our community, and then make the plans to you know, to address those risks that were our, a lot of things that we were already doing, but a lot of things that we improved or new things that we started doing based on the risk in our community. Uh, we also did a strategic plan as part of that process to where we engaged the community and asked them what was important to them as far as what we do as a fire department. And we're going to be doing that again, uh, probably this next year in 2022, we'll be doing another community risk uh, assessment and, and kind of doing a strategic plan that will engage the community and say, you know, here's what we're doing, what are what things are important to you, what things are less important to you, and, you know, what are the things that we need to be doing most. Uh, and we'll take that along with, you know, historical call volume and the things that we have and the other things that we assess risk-wise within our community, and that's how we develop the plans that we put in place to, to address those risks within our community, no matter what they are. Now, we just finished a wonderful, beautiful new Murfreesboro Airport facility, uh, which is state-of-the-art in everything, and we have some pretty good-sized jets landing now here in Murfreesboro. A lot of people don't realize that, but uh, the Murfreesboro Fire Department is right next door. Do you have to have special equipment there to fight airplane fires? Should we have that problem? Well, most of the special equipment that we have is actually located at the, at the airport. Our firefighters are trained on how to use that equipment that's there at the airport, some of the suppression systems that are there. And, you know, the apparatus that is located there is, is an aerial ladder that's at Station 6 on Memorial that's very, very close, and that's on purpose. That way we can flow a lot of water and we can get an elevated stream if we need to if we had an accident at the airport involving a plane. Uh, and those kind of things have been, and have that ability to go off-site. But for the most part, the fueling mechanisms are where you are at high potential to have problems or danger. And, and all those systems are in place at the airport. Um, Chad Gerke, the director at the airport, we work very closely together, and he works with our staff in the fire department. And it's a, it's very, we're very, very proud of our airport, and, and that facility is fantastic. We utilize that facility right now a lot to do training and in the in the business center area that of that facility, and we just uh, really appreciate Chad and his staff for that. But we also have worked very closely with them. Any of the the hangars that are built, the fueling stations, all those things. We're involved from the very get-go on the planning phases of those and making sure that we've got all the measures in place uh, to put those in place. And then we're, we're very well trained as far as uh, we go out and review some of the airplanes that are there on site. That way we know where the fuel cutoffs are and we know where the fuel is stored within the wings and all those type of things like that. And so if we have an accident, which we had one a couple of months ago, had an airplane crash there on DeJarnet just away from the, the airport, uh, and we had to extricate a person out of that aircraft. Fortunately, he was not seriously injured whatsoever and, and didn't get into any other structures or cars or any other people uh, when that crash happened. But, you know, we had to do some extrication on that aircraft. And so having that knowledge and capabilities of being able to go out and see some of the aircraft and, and know how they're designed and know, you know, where we need to cut into the aircraft if we need to get someone out and all those kind of things helps out tremendously. And we really appreciate that relationship with Chad and the other staff at the airport. Now, at the beginning of the program, we were talking about the fire hydrants and the color code on the top of the hydrants, uh, which shows you how much water flow you have. And water flow is important. 
in some old shows, uh, TV shows, movies, and what have you, uh, it looked like they would use a foam occasionally uh, to fight fires. Has that proven not as effective as water, and, or is it a different kind of fire? Yeah, it, it depends on the type of fire. We still use foam. Uh, we, st we still use foam on a lot of liquid combustible fires. That way you form a blanket over the top of that and it essentially smothers out the fire by you know providing a layer to where it's that liquid is no longer producing vapor and so that's how foam works and so we typically only use foam on the liquid combustibles such as aircraft fuel and things like that if you were to have a fire in those situations but we do have that foam we have that capability we've got um, all of our trucks have you know foam inductors and some of those things on them to where we can flow foam if we need to and then we have you know foam actual uh, foam components at the airport built into the systems where they're carts and, and they're designed uh, to flow foam with those that we're trained on how to use uh, within those situations. But that's primarily the time that we would use foam instead of water. We have a text here and this is uh, actually it says I'm the 14 year old that my mother wrote about earlier. Uh, we're off on fall break right now and I really want to be a firefighter. Is there something I should do to prepare that? Should I have certain training? Should I go to college and take certain courses? What should I do to be a firefighter? Yeah, most for the most part on the firefighter training, we, we train you in-house when we hire you. Um, but there's a lot of classes that you can take both in high school and in college that are going to benefit you. Uh, you know, we uh, people don't realize how much we use mathematics and, and calculations, whether it's figuring up drug dosages for patients that we're serving with emergency medical calls, uh, figuring up fire flow. We talked about water and how much the, the hydrants will flow, how much you need to put out with the how much water you need to put out per minute with the pump and the, and the hose lines that you've got. Uh, within that as well as you know some chemistry with hazardous materials that we have to deal with as well as mathematics on figuring up you know flow rates of either foam or, or different things that we're utilizing in a hazardous materials environment so those things are very very important to us. science and math are, are two very important things of course we have to have the ability to read and write to do reports and do all the things that we need to do with that so it's very important and, and I tell everyone uh, and I told everyone that's kind of getting into the fire service it's really hard to compete within the fire service if you want to move up within the fire service and get promoted without a degree and so that's that's something that's changed since i came on in 1990 in the past you know uh, when my dad came on uh, a degree really wasn't that important it was more about the technical training and technical training is extremely important to us but we also want you know pursuing a degree is something that is very worthwhile within the fire service uh, there's fire science degrees that you can go after volunteer state community college has an online fire science program. Um, Motlow State Community College, which is here locally in our community, does all of our emergency medical technician training. And, and that's very important to have coming on to the fire service and something that you can kind of look at getting into is that EMT training. If you wanted to take college classes, if you wanted to take those elective classes, taking emergency medical technician classes or going after your fire science degree would be something that would benefit you going into the fire service. But That opens up sort of a, a new area. Uh, a lot of different types of jobs in Murfreesboro Fire and Rescue. Everything from water rescue to EMTs to firefighters. Uh, do they cross over or is 
one type of training? Does it sort of fit you for all categories? Yeah. Well, they they somewhat cross over, but then they don't. You know, there's there's very technical expertise to those. When you go to everyone in our department now has to be an advanced emergency medical technician within three years of becoming a firefighter. Uh, all of them have to have fire certification training that gets them to a level to where they're essentially a very uh, well-trained, well-seasoned, I would call it more of a master firefighter level, um, to being able to do the firefighting work. And we provide all of that training and, and even the advanced EMT training we provide. A lot of our personnel will go on and become paramedics, uh, which is another, which is a increased licensure in, in EMS. And then a lot of our folks, we've got over 90 people within our department that are trained in special operations. And that means they're trained in all the components of the water rescue, the trench rescue collapse and all those kind of things. But then if they're at a station where that's the specialty, their training even has to go up further from there. And, and like I said, we provide a lot of that training in-house, but then there's, you know, there's other avenues that you can go into. All of our community risk reduction division, they're certified fire inspectors, and they have fire inspector two certification, which is a much higher level of certification for inspections. They are trained arson investigators, and so they, they go in and assess those fires and those kind of things and see what caused the fire. And because the big thing we need to know on every single fire is, you know what caused this fire what's the point of origin within the building or or that the fire happened and what caused it to catch on fire because we even if it's an accidental fire something that's you know possibly preventable we want to know what those are so that we can prevent them especially if it's an appliance and you know we kind of report that and if, if it's the same appliance causing major issues with fires all that information goes into a database and we can report those and we see those issues we can you know, let the community know there's an issue with this particular appliance or there's things that you're doing that we can we can prevent those fires in the future is what those divisions do. But uh, we have four separate divisions within the department and each one of those divisions, once you kind of come up through the ranks, you can kind of divide off and become in some of those areas. We've got our training division, training and professional development. They really have a lot of, uh, they do a lot of training and a lot of classroom teaching, a lot of practical skills training. So those are all different avenues that you can get to within the fire service, uh, whether it's emergency medical uh, training and professional development, the operations division of, of that and, and uh, community risk reduction if it's an avenue that they wanted to go into. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. We'll be back in our final segment. So if you have a question, text it to us quickly. In fact, we've got some more questions, and we'll get to those in just a moment. Murfreesboro Fire Chief Mark Folks is our guest. This is Fire Prevention Week, by the way. I can a radio that's kind of possessed. It's coast to coast AM overnight every night. You have a possessed radio? Yeah. WGNS, Murfreesboro. Hi, this is Tina Fox at the Relaford Farmers Co-op. Please come and see us for all your clothing, gift, pet, and farm needs. We also have whatever you need for your lawn or garden. We have local honey, and we also have the wonderful Watkins products. We have a great selection of different gifts, you know, with fall and Christmas coming up. Hi, this is Tina Fox at the Relaford Farmers Co-op. Please come see us. We're located at 985 Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off of South Church. Old friends, a new name, better together, as First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, 
but will always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Good morning. It's heavy, but it's moving 24 up through the Hickory Hollow area as you continue towards Nashville. We've seen more radar uh, here in the last hour than we have accidents, which I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's what's happening out here. I 840 has got some traffic headed over towards Williamson County. Gatlinburg Wine Cellar, home of the world-famous cotton candy wine. Check out all their flavors today at GatlinburgWineCellar.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Cloudy this afternoon, areas of showers and a few thunderstorms on near 78. Tonight, hardly cloudy. Areas of fog, low near 60. I have 82 on Friday. I'm meteorologist Laura Lockwood on News Radio WGNS. Right now, 63. You can make a meaningful difference in 2021. KidLink Community Services is currently seeking foster parents in your area. KidLink provides free training and certification. Contact KidLink today at 877-714-1313 or KidLinkServices.com. All Sports Talk, weekdays at 5. WGNS, your good neighbor station. Rutherford County's place to talk. Welcome back. Mark Fox is with us this morning, the chief of Murfreesboro Fire and Rescue. And we have a question here. It says, which station receives the most calls for help? They say that I live near number four. It seems to be very busy. What are the average number of calls each day for the fire department? The average number can vary immensely just depending on what's going on. And, you know, even our busier stations can have days to where they don't run a lot of calls. But uh, a lot of our busier stations will run between probably six and ten calls a day. Uh, our busiest station is, is probably our, uh, the Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard station, um, station three in front of Hobgood School. It, it is very busy. Station one on Vine Street is very busy. Station four uh, on Medical Center Parkway is very busy. And station nine on Cason Lane are all, their call volume is right there kind of together and it will bounce back and forth from year to year on which station is the busiest but there are all four of those stations stay very busy all the time um pretty much and uh, and run a lot of calls and and station four on medical center when we moved it from jones boulevard to medical center the call volume actually increased immensely just based on us moving that location um, because we use um we use dispatch with automatic vehicle location so it's automatically the closest unit to the call is the one that's going to go on the call and so that's that provides us the ability to uh send the closest truck and get there the fastest and so those stations that i mentioned are are typically within that range of answering the majority of calls within the city there's a person who says i live near the old jones boulevard fire hall i see a lot of activity there what do you do at that location since it's no longer used for fire protection Uh, that station uh, is our logistics uh, building and so there we receive all of our deliveries whether it's equipment our uniforms uh, supplies for the stations all those things come into that station and they are they go out of that station and right now uh, until we get uh, our new administrative and training building built at the Doug Young uh, Public Safety Training Facility, we are used. Our community risk reduction division is also in that building. They're kind of co-locating in that building right now. So, our entire uh, there's seven personnel that work in the community risk reduction division. They are officed out of there. They're not there a lot because they're out doing fire inspections and 
and uh, public education events and doing things like that. So they're not in there an incredible amount, but our logistics manager uh, works out of that office as well as the supply clerk. And so there's a, there is a lot of activity there. Um, there are still trained personnel that are in and out of that station every single day. And, and uh, we, it's a building that we uh, wanted to keep our hands on as far as um, being a presence within the community and having and, and something at that location and just not letting that building go by the wayside. And it's a very critical building for our department in that it houses all of our logistics. So all the equipment and everything else that we utilize in the station are located right there in that station. We have about a minute left in the program. And we want to remind people again, uh, the special fire prevention event tomorrow. Yeah, we've got uh, the, we're doing a basically a fire prevention week event tomorrow. We'll have a, we'll have some giveaways and all kinds of things like that. Handouts for people. We'll be able to tour the training facility. We'll have equipment there for people to see um, and a lot of different things like that from 9 a.m. to noon tomorrow at 701 Bridge Avenue, our Doug Young Public Safety Training Facility. Let's take a real quick phone call. You're on WGNS with Chief Folks. Good morning. Yeah, why do you have to roll a fire engine every time you go to an emergency? It's like y'all get some trucks like the rescue squad's got. I'll hang up and listen. What about that? Yeah, well, the biggest reason that we respond on, on fire trucks is because uh, the personnel that we need to be able to, to address those events they're, state, they're assigned to those trucks, and so we're going emergency medical calls. There's never a time where you know what call you're going to get, and our, especially our busier stations that we mentioned earlier, they will have a lot of calls where they'll get a call on the way back to the station that may be a car fire or maybe another fire on those things, and if we utilized vehicles that weren't capable of fire suppression, they would have to go back to the station and retrieve that vehicle and, and all those kind of things. And so that's the reason that we respond with a larger apparatus is for that full capability of being able to respond to anything we need to at any time.